most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses AJ Jones Yes Welcome to episode 301 <gasps> of Keeping up with the Joneses 301 It's a milestone It is If we do How many days are in a year? Oh dear If we do 55 more, we'll have one for every day of the year No because there's 365 days in the year. Well, there's 356. Oh, dear. <laughs> so we Welcome do, to our world, friends. We have to do 64 more episodes. math is a challenge. Yes, we'd have to do 64 more episodes That's a to have lot. one. For, yes. But if you consider... It's another year of podcasting. Yeah. More than. Yes. 52 weeks in a year, huh? Uh, huh? Uh, uh. <laughs> Give the people a weekly update that explains why you're so sprightly. I am so sprightly because the glorious, sweet, adorable child known as Sophia Joy mm-hmm. is sleeping through the night. That's right. So she's she, fed at 10 p.m. and she sleeps till seven. And I have to wake her up. She will. She's not awake. I know. She's she's a uh, she's killing it. She's nine and a half weeks old, and yeah, and she's right on track. Actually, all of our babies around the nine week mark have done this. Have done the through the night thing. Thanks, baby-wise. Whoop! (laughs) So you feel a bit more human? I feel, yes. What is the surprising thing that you thought you were going to get away with, but you haven't got away with by having an adopted baby rather than a biological baby? Oh, yeah. What do you mean get away with? Well, I thought... This is exactly what I mean by get away. Get get away. It's horrible language, darling. You don't want to offend every female. (laughs) Are you talking about the feeding thing? Yes. Yes. How how is that offensive? I thought I would get to share it more with you. Your exact words were. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Very different than that. What were my exact words? Having breastfed three children before. Yes. And feeling like a cow is was your words. Uh-huh. Constantly being milked every yes, three hours. Yes. You were grateful that with an adopted baby you wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I could share the feeding. But it turns out Turns out she feeds best for me. So with me, she'll do a full feeding. With you or, or Abigail, Abby or Tia. Yeah, yep. She does about half and then she just sort of gives up. Gives up. And what's interesting is this baby has never been breastfed, but she's constantly looking for the breast. Yeah, when I hold her, she's like, she knows where she thinks she wants to be. <laughs> Isn't that remarkable? Yes. Like God's design is yes. just phenomenal. Anyway, the point of that story was the baby's sleeping through the night. She's sleeping through the night. After eight weeks. And she's just We're feeling adorable. a little bit brighter. Yeah, a little bit brighter. And we've moved her up to her bedroom. So yeah, you put really together sweet. everything. You put together her crib. And I'm not sure why my eye is watering. Well... You- I mean, it was a big moment watching your burly husband with a tool belt around his... <laughs> um, yeah, so her room is almost set up. We need to just move the chair back in there and what. Well, it was your office. Well, it was Abby's it, room. Yes. Abby moved downstairs. Mm-hmm. It was a spare room. Yes. You realized, I'm working from home. I need an office. Yes. And then, surprise, we got a baby. Yes, and I actually did some paintings that I love that really only match that room. But I love them. But now there's no point in keeping them because... They don't match the decor of the baby's room. Oh, I see. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, but you can so, do a new one. It's not like I will. That's I'll do be new ones, and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll sell the other ones. But you sold some paintings this week. I did. I sold actually a bunch of paintings. I sold some from my Etsy store, uh, which Lincoln was profile. great. I think I said this before, but when when I started like selling them, I started thinking, I think I want to attach a prophetic word to each of them if I if I have something, and so the ones that were bought through Etsy. 
I felt like the Lord gave me a word for, you know, each of those paintings. So I attached them, even though they were going through Etsy and off they went. And then I did my first big commission, delivered that this week. It was big. It was very big, 36 by 36. Yeah. So huge. And uh, yeah, I had a prophetic word with that one. As I was painting, the Lord was speaking to me about this person. So I wrote that out and sent that with them as well. Babies are sleeping through the night. Baby's got a nursery. You've sold paintings. Yes. Started with some new clients for coaching. We started with some new clients for coaching. Yep. In fact, by the time you listen to this, ladies who've applied for the women's group. It's funny. It was a co-ed group, but only women applied. Yes. So it's now a women's group. Yes. You should have received an email from us about women's group. Yep. I'm, I'm actually so looking excited. for some men who are local to Franklin because I've had a number of locally uh based dudes who are like, I want to be in a men's group. Yes. I don't have enough yet to have a full quota. So, man, if you're listening and you live in Franklin and you were on the fence about like, I don't know whether I want to do this, this would be live and in person. Okay. So go to coaching.alanandaj.com for information about that. So good. All that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. The big news, of course, again, is Zelda, not Breath of the Wild, was it called? No, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe that's what the tears. Spoiler free. Look, we're not going to say anything. Tear. Are you enjoying it? I'm loving it. You've been moved. I, I, uh, it's great fun. I, I didn't see how I could like it as much as Breath of the Wild, and so I was a bit like apprehensive, like, oh, I've got to learn all new things, you know, because they give you different power ups and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to, you know, ruin anything for yeah. anybody. And I just thought I'm probably not really going to like this as much as I liked Breath of the Wild, uh, but wow. I love it. It's really good. My I mean, I'm I, nowhere near where you are. Well, I have it. completed the game. Right. I mean, not 100 percent it, but you. No, 100. I've yep. completed the game, and the reason I do that. This is not a spoiler because this was the same in Breath of the Wild. But once you complete the game, you're given a counter mm. where you can see what percentage of the game you have to complete. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not even at 45. percent So I've got a long road ahead of me, but I am loving it. One of my favorite things is when I'm playing it, you know, on the Switch, if any of your friends are also playing on the Switch, mm -hmm. their Switches, mm -hmm. it shows, you know, who's playing and what game they're playing. Yeah. And so it's fun watching everybody I know, and it's like, Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm like, yep, we're all in the same or boat. You're all playing. I'm not as far along as you are, but I'm loving it. And I like all the different things that they've added. I love going back to the places. This is, uh, sorry, I realize this is so nerdy, but the visceral memories I have of going to real locations and then revisiting them and seeing what the developers have done gives me tremendous joy. So you said real locations and then you quotation marked your fingers, which works for everybody watching the video, but everybody listening to audio is like, what now? So real locations in the game, going back and seeing, have they changed them? What yes, do they look what, like? The visceral reaction is, I can remember visiting those places of the game as I remember visiting real-life locations. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the first time That's you I mean. run yeah. into Kakariko Village or whatever, yeah. Listen to us. We're just so yeah. nerdy. Yeah, you're yeah. never so hot when you're talking about video games. Oh, well, baby, you know. Did you want to say anything about my outfit? <laughs> Not now that we're recording, other uh -huh. people could hear me. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I only questioned why AJ was wearing a fleece in summer. Yes. I mean, yeah. this is June now. It's officially June, but I have to say, I'm always cold down here. And this marble table to have your arms on it is freezing. Oh, I love it. I'm sure you do, but I, I need some insulation from the cold. I would like every surface, not every surface in my house to be marble. The acoustics <laughs> would be a nightmare. <laughs> be horrible. But I do like, like the top of your bed could be marble. I, I mean, there's I do lots like, of things you don't want marble. I like marble. 
Okay. I do. We had a family of six from Bonnie Dundee staying with us last we week. We did. That was a treat, wasn't it? Was it was so wonderful. And they were spectacular to have here. I was really sad when they left. So I forgot all the phrases that Scottish people use. Well, I think you were like reminiscing with some of those phrases and Jackie was like, I forgot about those phrases and you mentioned some, you know, so yeah, which ones stood out to you the most that you oh, were I like? I don't remember them now, but they would say them and I would chuckle and just think, I have I have forgotten that. I have absolutely forgotten that. I realized the thing that I say to Sophia when I'm feeding her all the time is I say, come on then, come on then, which your mom used to say all the time when she would be, you know, feeding or helping with her. She'd say, come on then. Well, it was and funny because Jackie, Jackie reminds it. me of my mom. Yeah. Yeah. But she actually says that. She She'd does. be like, come on then. I was like, oh. So maybe it's a Dundee thing, not a Welsh thing. I don't know. I thought it was it's really well. Some kids are on summer holidays or yes. 16-year-olds about to take her driving test. Good heavens, yes. For her permit. For her permit. And then yes. she's enrolled herself in a driving school, which is very responsible Praise of her. the Lord, yes. And she's going to... I think that's why. She's going to be taught how to drive by somebody other than us. Yeah. And then she's going to get to practice with us. Yes. Because I think if either of us taught her, yes. it would not be good for either of us. I think I would like to, her to have, yeah, a whole bunch of teaching and practice hours under her belt before either of us do it. So last week, mm -hmm. we announced that we are starting a church. And so wanted to thank everyone for how you've reached out and just your kind comments and support has been really wonderful for our hearts. What's it been like for you? We haven't even talked about this. Our life has Ooh, been hammering live. It's been crazy this w week. What was it like for you to release news that we've been sitting on for a while? I think it was both really scary and a relief. What was scary about releasing it? all of a sudden feels really real. Like, even though we knew, hey, the Lord is speaking to us about this and you have all these confirmations and then you've brought it to all these people and they've said yes. And you, But it's totally different once you've actually put it out there like, okay, we're going to do this thing. And then, you know, of course, right away, people are like, that's so great. Where are you going to be? Where is it? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, we don't like, we don't know that stuff yet. We just know this is what the Lord's asked us to do. And this is the order that we're supposed to do it yeah. in. Yeah, It has been funny having follow-up conversations with people where people think we were being coy. Yeah. And yeah, like, oh, so, no, for, you know, we know so you. Like, you're so organized. Like, yeah, we, don't, we don't have we a team organized yet. <laughs> that. We're like, no, literally we have not, like, we have yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, our attorneys called us this week going, hey, we need to name the church and, you know, this and that. And then yeah. we're like, yeah, well. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we're, we'll we're working on that. Yeah. yeah. I think my only confidence comes from we're trying to do things in the order that the Lord asked us to do them in. And so the rest of it will come. I was in a three-hour naming workshop this week to find a name for the church while you were feeding the baby. Yes. Do you, do you want to talk about that? I don't like the name. <laughs> Well, to clarify, we haven't picked a name. I know, but the one that you came up with, that you're like, look, babe, I'm like, yeah, I still don't like it. And then but like, when, you, when you try to tell me the name, you're like, just sit with it for a bit. Just sit with it. It's been days now. I, I still, I don't like it. Uh, so, you know, that's fun. You know, just blow your three-hour workshop out of the water. No. <laughs> the goal of the workshop was not to you know, not to get you to like that. Like part of the process is trying on the name. And yeah. so if you don't like it, that that's actually beneficial and helpful. Okay, good. Naming stuff is hard, isn't it? It is. I mean, it really is. It's. You think it's, naming a baby's hard? <laughs> naming a baby's never really been hard. We've always just had dreams oh, or prophetic that's words. True. Yeah. Naming babies has been easy. Naming, yeah. naming a church is hard. Yeah. 
It's been tricky. Yeah. If you want to keep up to date with us, if you want to find out what's happening, the easiest way to do that is go to alanandaj.com slash church. Just put in your email address there and you'll be on our mailing list and we'll keep you up to date with what's happening. Yeah. Hopefully stuff will start happening soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Our main topic. Uh-oh. For this week. Okay. I have a lot of fear about talking about this topic. Me too. What what's your fear? Well, I don't really know what we're ta- talking about. <laughs> you give me like a sound bite, like I think this, and then I was like, "Oh, you're right. We haven't <laughs> talked about that." And then that was it. And now I've been like, "Oh dear." <laughs> anyway, so my you're, contemplator is oh, your contemplator shot. Yeah, I'm scared, not necessarily because of what I'm going to say, mm. but how it might be heard. Okay. Because I was reflecting, often when I teach on sex, often when I teach on sexual identity, Mm. often when I teach on homosexuality, Mm -hmm. often when I teach on... Even tithing. Or even like money. Mm. I'm often the first person that people have heard teach on those topics in church. Yes. And so I, I can count on one hand the number of times I've heard anybody teach on those topics in church. Yes. I've heard people talk even less about this topic. In fact, I've never heard a preacher talk about this topic that we're going to discuss, or, or preach, rather. The only time I've heard, I've heard Derek Prince one time say, if we're to do everything for the glory of God, my question is, can you overeat to the glory of God? Yikes. And I was like, yeah! Wait, nobody else is saying <laughs> this. <laughs> That's a nice little uh, so I've never teaser heard, for I've, the topic. I've never heard anybody... Yes. Talk about it. Yeah. I think what I uh, want to make very clear at the beginning is I am going to talk about me and my struggles and my relationship with food and feeling fat. Okay. And I'm not talking about anybody else. Yes. And I may talk about me. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> I haven't really decided. Well, <laughs> it's such a sensitive topic, I guess, because nobody talks about it. Yes. There's a danger that you might think I'm talking to you. You being you, I don't think you're going to think I'm talking to you, but you, yeah. the listener, yeah. might think I'm trying to talk to you. And I'm not. I'm just talking out loud about me, about my relationships, and my something relationship. something you're processing with the Lord Something currently. I'm processing. Yeah. Some changes I'd want to make in my life. Mm. And just by the very nature of the topic that we're going to talk about, there's likely a whole load of triggering about that. Especially so, I want to be genuinely sensitive here. If you're a listener and you're listening to this and you have had either an eating disorder or you've had trauma around food or your appearance, it might be traumatic to hear me talk about it. And and I'm a naturally lighthearted person. I mean, I use I use a lot of humor when I talk. Yes. And I don't want to make light of your pain, your history, but I also don't know who's going to hear this. And having no idea what we're talking about other than we're talking about relationship with food, yes. myself having had eating disorders, yep. I realize I have a whole host of different things around food than probably you do. Yeah, because we were talking earlier in the in, in the bathroom when we were getting ready, mm. right? And I was saying, hey, because I, you know, I said, I think I want to talk about this. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I have a lot of fear. And I was like, why do you have fear? And you'd said like, well, I'm going to have fear about what comes up when you say what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, again, there's there's a potential for, uh, there's such incredible potential for toxic shame oh, around for this sure. topic. 
you know, most of us are much harder on ourselves than we are on other people anyway. So it's really easy to internalize this kind of topic and Mm -hmm. be like, oh my gosh, you know, that's me. And it become a toxic shame thing rather than a, oh God, do you want to talk to me about this? Does that make sense? So good, yes. Um, And then, so that, in addition to me realizing, while I don't struggle with eating disorders anymore, I'm always aware it wouldn't take much for me to, because of my personality, head back into very controlled eating, that kind of thing, which is more like I more went the, went the other way. But I realize I have a very weird relationship with food. Right. Yeah, I nearly made a joke there and I'm not going to make a joke. You said the other way. And I was like, as opposed to my way, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> I went in a very controlled direction of eating, unlike Jabba the Hutt over here. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. That was my That's joke. That's not that what I was saying. Joke. Okay. Well. That was my joke. Yeah. Well, continuing on that theme, I'm so glad you brought up like toxic shame. I hope that when I speak about it, I'll let the audience decide that I don't have a shame based approach to talking about it. Perhaps I do. I don't know. We'll discover that. But I really want to avoid shaming anybody about food, especially shaming myself about food. That's true. But then then I was just thinking, well, when then I start talking about the Bible, suddenly everything gets serious. Yes. You know, when you bring the Bible and things, suddenly like we level up. Right. Oh, now it becomes dogmatic. The Bible has been, you know, the shame stick for for, for, us. Every other topic. So bring in the Bible and all of a sudden it can become a shame stick as opposed to uh, could there be life for me here or freedom for me here. So welcome to our podcast where we're going to, where I'm just going to walk aimlessly talking about I'm fed up feeling fat. Yeah. Because I often pre-think about what I'm going to say, which is ridiculous because a lot of the times I'm just verbally processing. But yeah. I, I do tend to think, I think I want to talk about this. I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, what was that? Nothing. Yeah. I don't yeah. necessarily flesh out everything I want to say. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to be careful about is I realize I'm going to talk about my relationship with food. And right at the beginning, I want to take responsibility for my choices because I'm also going to talk about influencing factors and it could sound like I'm blaming my lack of self-discipline on influencing factors. Right. And I'm not. Right. And I wouldn't be integrous if I didn't acknowledge influencing factors. Does that make sense? Sure. So I don't want to be excuse-making. I just want to say I've reached the point where I would like to make some changes Mm. and here's where it got me to that point. Okay. And without, Sounds good. Yeah, and I have to talk about, you know, some of the stuff that's influenced me, but but not blame shift. Yes. I am not a victim. I have been a volunteer. Yes. A willing volunteer yes. to a buffet of dysfunction. <laughs> I guess, like, I'm just thinking, when you thought about what you wanted to talk today, why do you want to talk about this? Like, what are you hoping to get out of podcasting about this? I don't know, babe. I really don't know. Like, n- number one, genuinely, I have no clue. But when I was praying about, like, hey, Lord, what would be a good topic to talk about the podcast this week? Mm. That's what popped into my head. And I was like, I don't want to start self-censoring. You know, like, we tend to be very vulnerable people. Yeah. We we tend to talk about stuff that we've had victory in. Yeah. But more recently, we've been talking about stuff we're in process with, like the adoption and, you know, stepping out and starting a church. And so, I don't know, it could be what's in this season, just talking about real-time, in-process stuff that's going on. So, number one, I don't know. 
Number two, there's probably an element of public accountability. And by that, I don't mean that people email me and go, hey, what did you eat this week? Or if they see me in a restaurant, yes, that would be not like, be okay. really? I listened to your episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And go back and listen to the Boundaries episode <laughs> that you'll find. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Public accountability. Yeah. Because it is ironic that in the church, overeating is really just it's given a blind eye. I mean, yes. Like of the concerns that we would have about somebody's mark of godliness. Like yes. Are, you know, are you struggling with pornography? Are you drinking too much alcohol? Are you doing drugs? Right. Do you beat your wife? But overeating, which scripture is clear as a sin, yeah. just gets a free pass. True. I've literally never heard a message about it. Right. Yes. So when I talk about public accountability, I think I just want to raise, you know, raise actually a have a discussion about discussion. Raise a discussion, especially okay. about me. Yeah. And then like number three, I'm thinking... I'm actually a leader, and, and here we are starting a church, and the scariest verse in all of Scripture for me is when Paul says, emulate me as I emulate Christ. Yes. And one of the, one of the things I've tried to do in my life is I want to make sure in the areas that I'm asking people to emulate me in, I am emulating Christ myself. Yes. And I'm aware, like, this is a very public part of my life. Like, you, your ability to know whether I'm overeating or not is obvious by my international <laughs> ministry that's expanding, right? <laughs> Yeah. So I actually want to set a good example for people. I, I do want to be able to say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. Not, not that I'm planning on setting myself up as a standard of of fitness and health because – There's steps. people you can look at for that, but we're, right. we're, we're not, not those that. people, yeah. But, you know, one of our core values in life is being powerful and free. Yes. And I'm not demonstrating power over my choices – Yes. When I am not exercising self-control. And when I'm not exercising self-control, I'm not actually free. And I don't want to have to, I don't want to cause anyone to stumble. And uh, Realistically, the changes I want to make are for me. I'm not for anybody else. But I also have to be aware that I'm not just a person. I am a public figure. I am a leader. Yeah. And I actually want a life that is worth emulating. Right. I think though, like, so go with me on this and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I. I'm thinking, you know, there's people that, or maybe it's not so much people that are externally motivated or internally motivated, but there seems to be things where external motivation works and things where it's got to be internal motivation for it to work. Mm-hmm. And for me, it feels like in the times when I've gotten the healthiest, it's been internal motivations, but keeping in mind external things as well. So uh, when you're talking about, hey, we're we're leaders in the body of Christ, and you know this is actually something we can look at in Scripture and say, "Wow, that we're not doing so great here." Yep. Also, for me, it's way closer to home in terms of in terms of external motivation, and that is our children. Right. So that's not internal; they're not inside of me. So there is still an external motivation, but I just keep thinking, "Oh gosh, like." If I don't actually demonstrate what does it look like to have a healthy lifestyle, where where do I think they're going to learn it from? Right. From their, you know, 45 minutes of gym once a week, you know, that's, you know, where they like run around. I mean, they're not going to get it from there. So if they're not actually seeing us demonstrate it and Abby will be out of her house in two years, like, you know, so I think that's still external motivation, but that would be more what motivates me than even the body of Christ per se. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah, no, no, abs- absolutely. And that comes very close to home. Like having a brand new daughter Yes. and realizing I, I'm going to be 50 next year. Yes. 
I actually want to be able to watch my daughter grow up and get married. Yes. And so I don't want to be too melodramatic here, but my mom died at 68. Mm -hmm. My dad died at 73. Mm -hmm. To put that in perspective, if I die when my mother died, my daughter will have just graduated high school. I actually want to live longer than that. Yes. It is a well-known fact that obesity, I am obese. I am like, my BMI is over 30. Okay. So I'm not just overweight or slightly cuddly or, <laughs> you know, any of the things like, like medically yes. I am obese. Yeah. Like that's not, how would I end up there? Like that's not good. But when you look at all the statistics, if you're obese, if you're over, your BMI is over 30, mm -hmm. you are 50 to 100% increased chance of dying from all sicknesses. Wow. But especially so cancer, which yeah. is what my mother died from, and heart disease, which is what my father died from. So, like, these are, like, I don't know whether it's just, like, a, you know, midlife crisis, right? <laughs> Where I'm just, you know, but I'm coming to terms with it. It's also that, you know, like, I wake up in the middle of the night to go get my daughter, and I'm having difficulty putting on my pajamas because I've got no coordination and can't stand up. <laughs> and when I walk up to get her, I'm out of breath going, like, this is not good. I actually want a richer <laughs> yeah, quality of got, life. Got, got so when something. you say, hey, like, why do you want to talk about this? I just... Like it's it's right here for me, yeah. And the way we live our life, I like. I think one of the things I love doing is hunting elephants. Yeah, elephants that are in the room talking about the things that nobody else talks about. Yeah. And here's the thing in my life that nobody else talks about. Yeah. Plus, I edit myself every week, so I watch myself on video. Going, is that what you look like? Oh, and you know it's fun. And you know what my reaction is to seeing myself on video. I never want to be in there. I don't. I don't want to hear the sound of my voice because it sounds so strange to me outside of my head. Right. And I don't like looking at myself on video. So I can't imagine having to do what you're doing. But I also was thinking when you're saying 30%, just to go back to that for a second. 30%? 30% body fat or whatever. No, your BMI is over B 30. B oh, BMI over yeah. 30. It not it different for women than men? Also, the all the BMI stuff. And Don't, I haven't done any research for women because I'm not one. I just you know no, selfishly know focused that. on me. Yes, yeah. okay. <clears throat> so I don't know. It may well be, but yeah. basically being overweight Yes. Never mind obese, but being overweight seriously increases your chances of all range of morbidity, yeah. well, which is like terrifying. I mean, technically, I'm overweight as well, I think. Join the club, we've got jackets. Okay. It dawned on me that another reason I want to talk about this is mm -hmm. no matter who you are listening to this, whether you struggle with your weight, whether you have a, a, a relationship with food that might need an upgrade, whatever, like the thing that I'm talking about is a metaphor, it's a type that every person can... Uh, relate to even if you don't struggle with food and that is i really don't want to do this thing yeah but i don't really want to not do it so much that i have to make changes so it's okay wink wink nudge nudge right you know that that like that part of compromise we make in life that isn't really that big a deal but actually is a big deal yeah. and the more you leave it unchecked the bigger a deal it becomes sure and that could be anything that could be like reckless spending that could be flirting that could be emotional adultery. You know, all these little things the little foxes catch for us, yeah. the little foxes. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a like whether or not you're you struggle with the area that I'm talking about, I think the thing that I'm talking about is common to all humans. Yeah. There's stuff that maybe the Lord will begin to put his finger on. There's wisdom that's available to us that we opt out for immediate 
comfort. Yes. And usually that's going to revolve around whatever thing is our addiction, our our <laughs> way of self-comforting. Thanks. Yes. But, yeah. no, but you're, it is, you're isn't absolutely it? True. Whether that's, yeah. you know, Netflix and the internet or whether it's food. Or gambling. It's, it's almost, we almost always get here because we are trying to fill a God-shaped hole with a cookie. Yes, baby. Absolutely. I don't know if you remember when we did the Sage Hill training. Yeah. And they were talking about the wheel of addiction, how addiction happens in life. I don't remember the wheel. I mean, I I remember hearing about it. I don't remember what's on the wheel. Okay. So Phil was teaching about how addiction enters in our life. And it's very easy when we think about addiction to think about drug addicts, to think about alcoholics, to think about people in rehab. Right, but the truth but is, we're all we addicts. But also because we want it out there. We, well, we, we absolutely, out there. We're all yeah, addicts. yeah, yeah. We're addicted to something. But I had this horrible realization while Phil is talking through, and you know, Phil was a former alcoholic, right? Yes. He's a recovering alcoholic, yeah. And he's talking about this. He's also, uh, you know, board certified professional mm-hmm. and works in treatment centers for addiction. So he's just he's outlining this, and I have this revelation that if you substitute alcohol which is ooh, really bad, you're an alcoholic, for food. <laughs> yeah, we're in trouble. All the things he's talking about, how an addict thinks. I'm yeah. like, I think like that. I plan my day for a reward. I run to food for comfort to get away. I I make plans that I'm going to go home and do these things. Like when AJ is out of the house or out of the country, oh, I'm, I'm going to really binge eat. Like, oh, I'm like... Oh my well, God. Well, that's interesting. Like, when I'm out of the country, you're out of the house. <laughs> what? Who said that? <laughs> but uh, but seriously, I was just thinking, I might actually have a problem more than wink, wink. Ah, who wants to get chip faced on Ben and Jerry's? Yeah. You know, make light of it. Like, yeah. oh, actually, if we were to swap this substance out for something else, I would be in real trouble. Yeah. Now, I know for a fact I have an addictive personality. It's part of the reason why I don't drink coffee. Uh, really leave do, coffee alone. I Just really keep don't it drink out of alcohol. It. Yeah. But could you imagine if I did? Like, no, no. Like, it would be really, really bad. Yeah, it'd but be bad. somehow, and again, somehow, this is where I want to say I want to take full responsibility, not somehow, it's because I don't make better choices. Food is absolutely, that's what we learned on the Sage Hill, is when I have strong feelings, sad, angry, lonely, fearful, shame, guilt, I can magically make them go away. No, you can't, but it feels like you can mm. with chips, with this. And and again, if you're speaking to, to an alcoholic and they say, you know, can't you have a beer? Well, it's not a problem that I can't have a beer. If I have one beer, I'll want all beers. Right. And I'm like, yeah, like one chip packet won't make my feelings go away, mm-hmm. but I bet 10 packets will. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't want to live that way. Like, I, I think what Jesus paid for is something far higher than what I'm currently living with. And the the problem is I'm not willing to leave my comfort of the pantry for the glory of what he's prepared for me. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I mean, going back to, you know, that whole addiction thing and, and just sort of, well, I don't know if this is really, a, you can link the two. Okay. I'm thinking, you know, you're talking about external factors. And I'm sure you're going to go to that yep. soon. But if we can, if we can talk about stress for a minute. Yeah. Everybody responds to stress in different ways. And I'm thinking, you know, we had a season a couple of years ago where we were super stressed and you and I responded in opposite ways, right? So, you know, you responded by go to the pantry. I responded by I stopped eating, stopped sleeping, stopped. Neither is a healthy response. Both is a response around food, Mm -hmm. right? And it's around control, right? So as soon as you have, 
I think that that addiction and food is so intermixed with control and wanting to control something in your life. And so at least I can control either how much I'm eating or I can control this feeling that I'm trying to get away from by eating this one more thing for a few more minutes. I think that's a factor that's playing in there too that we probably want to uh, think about at least. Mm-hmm. Like what what is it that feels out of control for me enough that my response is either eat more or don't eat? Yeah. So what in a nutshell – as you've been contemplating, Mm -hmm. is the problem. In a nutshell, is I really love food and I really hate exercise. Yeah, me too. That's one one component. Yeah. Right? I think, ironically, I can actually display huge levels of Mm self-control. But that not seemingly around around food. For example, I can fast and I can fast successfully. Sure. Right? But I'm either an all in or all off. And when I'm, you know, when I'm off, oh, buddy. Like, <laughs> I am off. It's not good. <laughs> and then if we like make things a little bigger, no pun intended, if like mm. we make the scope a little bit bigger, mm. like so at the core is like, I really like food. I really don't like exercise. Yes. And I'm not disciplined. Yes. I live in a country. And again, please hear me. I'm taking full responsibility, but I'm being ignorant if I don't address cultural. Right context yeah i live in a country where 42 percent of the population is obese i remember when i came to america before i ever lived here i was shocked by how many overweight people there were right shocked like i did not know what to do well and when i married you you were a stick when you married me yeah i was like uh, i was a stick yeah and we'd come here i think we weighed the same amount actually did we really well close to yeah and now I don't notice that at all. Yeah. And when I came here, I'd be like, oh my gosh, the portions are enormous. And now the portions aren't enormous. They're, they're just normal. They're the normal portions. Unless you go to somewhere like the Cheesecake Factory. Right. Which is a temple of gluttony. Right. You know, hey, feel free to use that as a, as a, a trademark <laughs> item if you'd like. Cheesecake Factory, the temple <laughs> of gluttony. <laughs> oh, I love the Cheesecake Factory. I remember somebody saying to me, when you go to the Cheesecake Factory... Ask for a takeout container and just shove half of it in the container at the very beginning and you'll feel much better afterwards. Yeah. And I was like, that is sage advice. It is. Yeah. So I live in a country where actually uh, it's a way of life. Overeating is a way of life. Yes. And is encouraged. Uh, again, not blame shifting there. And then also, like we've just been talking about, I use food to get away from my feelings. Yes. And, you know, I, of course I want to be with my feelings. Yeah, I, uh, and you're doing I all do. this work around being with your feelings, but you're just going to bring a Rice Krispies score with you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Now, let's talk about my fear. Oh, my, my, my. And, and again, you know, credit Sage Hill for that particular revelation of that. Mm. I think the twisted sadness in that is actually all God gave us food as a delight, mm. not just as sustenance for our bodies, not just as nutritional download, mm. but actually in his mercy and his kindness, in a celebratory nature, he gave us delicious food, and the the sad, twisted part is the thing that God gave us as a gift, I'm whoring out to actually get away from him in my idolatry. Yes. Which is the human nature of sin. You know, we can use relationships to get away from God. I mean, there's no end to the human creativity for getting away from ourselves and God with things that God has given us. Right. So that's the problem in a nutshell, you know, from, from here all the way to here, mm-hmm. and I would like to do something different about it. I would say my struggle with food has looked a little different than yours. And I've been everywhere from 
103 pounds in anorexic to, you know, 140 pounds in, you know, fit and sporty to 220 pounds in pregnant. Of course, I want you to know I was pregnant when I was 220 pounds. You know, do you know what I mean? So like I've, I've been all over the map with that stuff and realized that so much of how I felt about myself was tied into what weight I was. Mm. And so... To, I, to a healthy or an unhealthy an degree? An unhealthy degree. So right. I would say I would attribute or assess my self-worth based on a number on a scale, and we don't want to do that. That's very different from, of course you're going to feel better when you're a healthy weight. Right. Of course you are. Right. You, physically, but physiologically. Then, but then I'm better. going to punish myself by doing another whole 30 or punish myself by... You know, everything that could be an actual healthy decision becomes actually a a punishment of self uh, because my self my self worth is so attached to that number, and so I realize in the last couple of years I think I've really managed to move away from that, which is great because that's sort of the seat of where the anorexia and the bulimia and all that stuff from when I was a teenager was. Yep. But I also don't want to move into. It, Abandonment. My self, my, right, my self-worth isn't in that anymore. And Woo-hoo. so, ta-da, because I do have four children. Yes. And I do want to live a long life and be healthy. Uh, and I do want to demonstrate healthy things. And actually, I know when I eat healthy and when I exercise, I do feel better. I'm never excited about going and exercising while I'm putting on my shoes. I'm just not. Some people are. They love it. They get a high. I don't. I'm just like, ugh. But afterwards, I do feel better. Mm-hmm. And I think even for you and I both, I don't even know if we, uh, if this features into it for you at all, but I notice when we do stuff together, I do way better. Like when we do, we're both eating the same way. We're going to go for a walk or we're going to do whatever. Both of us, it, we tend to sort of buoy up the other one. Like, yeah. all right, come on, let's go. We're going to do the thing. So apparently I also need teammates. <laughs> To help with my scenario. Yeah, and I think that's very human of you. you know, okay. Of course we need connection and camaraderie. And, yeah. You know, we don't want to feel lonely. Yeah. So that would make sense. I just think we, like, we have some friends, quite a few friends that are, like, uber into fitness. Mm-hmm. And. God bless them. Man, they're amazing. Wow. And they're And they're killing it. You oh, know, yeah. like, in, you know what I mean? Like. No, that's really I, their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I've never actually said. But do you like, I mean, I haven't asked because it seems like they must like it because they're doing such a great job. And maybe they actually don't like it when they're putting on their shoes too. Maybe I'll ask that the next time I talk to one of them. But in my head, I'm like, you're either that or you're just going to be like us, like the flabby chosen, you know? <laughs> and Wait, <laughs> we're doing this without shame and you just <laughs> carpet bombed with shame. Okay, me. The flabby chosen? <laughs> repent now, AJ Jones. I repent. Come on. Yeah. I also realized, oh, I need like a balance of what's realistic, like in terms of I I can't spend several hours a day working out, but I could spend some <laughs> some hours a day working out. You know what I mean? Like so, and I realized my personality is like, well, if I can't do that, then like, what's the point? You know, what's the point? Yeah. And the the point is, if I did a, a minimum, it would probably still be better mm-hmm. than what I'm doing now. Like I was so inspired by Glenn when Glenn was here. Glenn, yes. So I mean, Glenn just went for a 20 minute walk in the morning and one after dinner. And I was like, I was confronted with, 
Oh. Yeah, but what I if think- he wasn't? What if he was going out to smoke a cigarette? What if he was chain smoking the whole time? That's what I like to think. <laughs> Glenn's got this golden veneer. He wasn't. But I was just like, I literally was Sorry, like, Glenn. I'm, I think, oh, like, oh, baby season. I can't possibly do that. I'm like, actually, I, I really could. Yeah. Like uh, that I could do, especially like right now, kids are home. I have two teenagers in the house that can babysit. Could I put the baby down and go for half an hour walk? Yeah, I really could. <laughs> you know, could I go for a walk after dinner and just stick the baby in the stroller and we could all go? Yeah, really good. <laughs> you know, so. But how will I 100% Zelda? Right. Like, but, come on, but, priorities, woman. But then I think, oh, but that's not going to make a difference. But actually. It will. It will. Yeah. And I, and I don't, it doesn't have to be like extreme sports and you know, high intensity workouts and well, whatever. Well, that's my next point. Like I th- where this was leading was I'm going to take up ice climbing. Okay. <laughs> well, good luck with that. <laughs> so uh, w- when we think about all of that, I'm wondering what is the reason you're thinking about it now? Because this it has been a bit of an ongoing conversation for us. And in fact, we had a season where I was trying to well, I wasn't trying to control. I was trying to control you. <laughs> I definitely was. But I was trying not to control you while I was trying to control you about food. Yeah. And again, having an enormous amount of fear wrapped up in that. Do you want to talk about that? Well, well we could. I think, you know, you read all the statistics. I would read all the statistics. Uh, so the solution is start reading the statistics. That's definitely yeah. the solution. But I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to parent alone. Oh my gosh, you know, whatever. And so then I'd be like watching everything that was making it, you know, from your hand to your face. And I'd be like, mm, mm, like inside until yeah. I'd finally be like, you know, do you need another bag of chips? You know, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's not who I want it to be, you know. So, and then for a while I managed to not say anything out loud, but it was totally showing my face because I was just like, dear God, dear God, what are you doing? Um, so, I mean, we've had some seasons well, with that. Th- yeah. Th- I mean, that's a fascinating thing, isn't it? Because, because on the one hand, y- your, your fear is real palpable and reasonable. Yeah. It's not unreasonable. No. And also, it's not my job to control you or make your, your decisions. It's not your job to control yes. me or make my decisions. I don't mean that in a callous way. Like, hey, it's not right. your job. Right. But like, it really isn't. And actually, all of the things that you said made no difference. Yeah. No. Right. They never made a difference. Yeah. And so, but your your kindness, maturity, wisdom, I don't know, is like, okay, Lord, well, this is a conversation between you and him. Yeah. And that certainly wasn't apathy on your part. And I never felt judged or punished by you. Well, I... That's good. I when I wasn't I wasn't trying to punish you and it's mm-hmm. not like I stopped feeding you or, or anything like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I want to talk about. AJ's enabling. <laughs> and finally we've it's got to the culprit. Actually my fault. Yeah, there you I go. fed you. Yeah. So, good. I mean, I'm glad. I I was just sitting here thinking, "Wow, when did that change?" Cuz I do remember even just a few years ago just literally feeling panicked every mm-hmm. time you ate anything that had sugar, but also used to have a really uh, grumpy reaction to sugar more so. Well, the key to that is you just build up a tolerance. If yeah, you just stay yeah, okay. constantly eating sugar, <laughs> then your body eventually, metabolizes yeah, to it. Yeah. That's the same thing with gluten. Yeah, your yeah. pancreas kicks in. And, wow, uh, so you great. Know, it's like, Haha, it's yeah. waving a white flag. Yeah, it says diabetes on the white flag. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. But again, true. Yes. I wonder what, what it's actually costing us that we're not assessing. Like in terms of okay, yeah, but I like eating ice cream or I like, you know, whatever. I want to have my whatever. Mm-hmm. But like when you think about boundaries being saying no to something so you can say yes to something else, 
I it makes me think sort of that in reverse. Like as I'm saying yes to ice cream or I'm saying yes to being overweight or being unfit, I'm also saying no to other things. I'm saying no to having underwear that doesn't fold over. <laughs> no, you know, you're you, saying yes to that. No, no. When I when I say yes to eating ice cream, yeah. I'm saying no to having underwear where the elastic band doesn't fold over immediately as soon as you put it on. You wouldn't know that. You'd have to have a belly for that to happen. Oh, okay. I'm like, I don't I don't understand what we're talking well, about. I'll show right you now. later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a band of elastic. Okay. Uh-huh. Some of the men nice. out there will know what nice. I'm talking okay. about. And it goes ding. But I'm like, I'm more mean like uh again, it probably is coming back to the kids, but like, you know, just energy or engagement with life or even how I feel doing different activities if I was taking care of myself. Yeah. I, the stairs aren't a struggle for me, but well it was when I put, when we went baby car seat shopping and I had to pick up some car seats and I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna carry a baby. Right. Like I don't know how I'm gonna do this. This thing is so heavy. Yeah. Not the baby, the the car seat. And Which I was is like, why we bought a light car seat so we can keep having ice cream. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> But do you see how easy it is, like, not to shame you on that, but to see how easy it is to joke about it and make the severity of it go away? Yeah. Like, we're talking about, like, without an exaggeration, changing the quality of your life. Yes. And it's so culturally acceptable to overeat that we're like, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. move. And that's probably what I've done for a long time. Yeah. And I think probably the reason why it is raising its head right now. Is is probably the birth of Sophia Joy. Yeah, is that's probably right there with me. But also, when I apply what I've learned in other areas, like we we will often talk about this about being preemptive. Mm. Like, don't wait till your sin finds you out. Tell on your sin before. You know, walk yes. in the light yeah, yeah. rather go, than be go exposed. get the freedom that you need. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the best time to ask for help is before crisis happens. Yes. But most people only require or start seeking help after crisis happens. And that's with health stuff too, isn't it? Well, it's that's not until I'm, you get diagnosed with X. Absolutely. I've watched yeah. friends have triple bypass and then start exercising. Yeah. I've watched friends refuse to go to counseling and therapy until divorce is on the table, and then suddenly they're motivated. Right. You know, so I don't want to be one of those people where I have to be in hospital after having had a stroke or you know a heart attack, and then be like, oh, so I really, I really should, should. You know, <laughs> change that differently. Yeah. Because again, you know, each year at SSL, we I teach a class on brain science, mm. and every year there was a slide where I was talking about the things you can do for brain health. Yeah. You know, it was get lots of sleep. Watch your blood pressure, but also watch your weight. Yeah. And the higher your weight increases, like when, again, when your BMI is over 30, you double your chance for Alzheimer's and you double your chance for depression. I don't want either of those things. Wow. But without making any changes, I'm doubling my risk of both of those things. Right. And the book of Proverbs says that the prudent see trouble and make changes, but the foolish just keep going and they pay the price for it. I remember, and maybe this is part of my problem, I remember judging people for smoking cigarettes. Like, growing up in the UK, everybody smoked cigarettes. Mm. And to buy a pack of cigarettes, two-thirds of the packaging would be a Surgeon General's warning. Like, Mm -hmm. basically, you're an idiot if you smoke these. You should see the Canadian packaging right now. You can't even tell what brand a cigarette is. There's so many horrible pictures on it. (laughs) And I would think, what idiots would take that and smoke it? And you know, put that in their body, knowing this. Uh-huh. I realized oh, I'm no different from those idiots. No. So it's probably a judgment coming right. back to me. That's something for me to undo. Yeah. Because I know by continuing on this pattern, 
I'm increasing again between 500 and 100% chance. Uh, 500 and 100%? Sorry, 50 to 100% right. increased yeah. on all markers of morbidity, but especially the most preventable ones. Right. right? So heart disease, stroke, cancer. Wow. Diabetes. I'm just well, like, what yeah. am I? I remember sitting in on one of Dr. Josh's uh, seminars well, all about uh, the main thing that feeds cancer is sugar. Right. Like, if we didn't have sugar, can- cancer can't live without sugar. I mean, <laughs> and I was like, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Say it ain't so. <laughs> so, do you have a plan? Ironically, I have more of a plan for changing my health than I do for starting a church. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which That's isn't okay. that hard to do, given But, our- you know, you just said that your brain doesn't work as well when you're overweight, so it'll all come together there for us. Go. go ahead. Hit me with your plan. Well, uh, first, it's important to recognize it's incredibly hard to change your lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I know that firsthand. It's very hard to change your lifestyle. Not impossible. You know, I'm not a victim to the lifestyle I have. I am absolutely a volunteer to the lifestyle I have. I realize that I will need to change how I eat. Mm. And I'm going to have to do some sort of exercise. Yeah, I think so. The how I eat is the easier part because I've had tremendous success with keto. Yeah. Like, my body loves being ketosis. Yeah. And there's so many people who are way better at explaining what keto is than I am. But basically, instead of burning sugar for fuel, you burn fat for fuel. And for my body, it works brilliantly. Also, all the foods that are on keto are foods that genuinely I really, really love. And And great for O blood type. So it just works really well. I feel satiated. I feel full. It really isn't that much of a challenge. That, with intermittent fasting, has helped me in the past. Yeah. So... Being on keto is going to be good. Yes. The exercise part, I basically just have to suck it up because I'm going to sound like a giant baby when I talk about exercise. Like, I am bored when I've done any cardio work. Yeah. Really bored. Yeah. And I don't know how to do, I don't know how to lift weights. I don't know how to do the other types of exercise. Yeah. He says with all knowledge. I I just really don't know what (laughs) they are. The other stuff. You know, those other things people do. But just your point of just like moving, I have enjoyed enjoyed it's been less painful doing the apple fitness workouts you know it's half an hour we were talking with some friends the other day who i'm not going to name their names because i haven't asked for permission but aj and i were facetiming with some friends and we're like dang you guys look amazing and they were like oh five days a week we do uh pilates on apple tv and i was like it's working yeah and then they said they go for walks yeah they were radiant looking glowing so Uh, yeah at this stage of my life I could do anything, and I would probably reap benefits. It'd be, it'd be a, heading in the right direction, yeah. Yeah, one of my friends, every time I you know, I, I hang out uh, with a friend every Friday, every time his wife, I'm at his house, his wife comes home, she's gone for a walk, and she just looks amazing. She looks full of life and full of... And I was like, okay, let's just start there. Let's just start walking and then worry about, you know, other things. Yeah. All right, we have been joined by a very special guest. So if you hear some cooing or maybe some crying in the background... That is our little baby daughter who woke up a little early and wants to come join the party. She's having a tiny trouble. So, yeah, I guess that's my my plan is, like, keto is the easy part because we know we've done that before. You can't do keto because it doesn't work well for you long term. You have to do carb cycling with it. I can, Yeah, I can do keto. We're not even talking about you, though. You don't need right. to do anything. We're talking about me. Well, I do need to do something, but I'm not I'm not obese, I'm, but I'm definitely overweight. And I don't feel healthy. I see. So 
I'm, I mean, I, I still fit in my clothes, but I would, you know, I just don't feel like myself. All right, let's stop showing off fitting I'm, in uh, your clothes, girl. I'm trying to think <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I just kind of wanted to explore that. I'll be interested to know feedback from the audience. Like, how has this episode landed for you? It's a delicate topic. I'm not trying to talk about it to shame anybody, but you know, we all have a relationship with food in some way and uh, you know, Please send me your feedback on the episode. And by the by, send me your feedback. I I'm not asking for your top tips on how to lose weight. I'm, tell me about you listening to this episode right. rather than tell me about you're, me. You're you're also not looking for for oh you're fine or Ew. oh you know like it's not that no no you know I'm just you know it's I it's a really interesting topic that we haven't talked about. Like I said, I've never heard anybody in church talk about it, and it's just kind of like I don't know. It's the silent thing that we all agree not to talk about and. And it's weird because it's also really obvious. Right. Like, it's really obvious I'm overweight. Yeah. And it, not that it's anybody's job to point that out, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm curious about that. I would hope if I was out with friends and I was over-consuming alcohol, the way I've been over-consuming food, I would hope that I have friends in my life who'd say, bro, I think you might have a problem with alcohol. Yes. I think we do have people that would, but I think you're right with food. Yeah, it's like it's it's okay. It's a norm. It's ah, it's good, yeah. you know. And it's like it's also easy to constantly live in celebratory mode. Yeah, which again, not making excuses for. Want to live with accountability? So I'm curious what's come up for you as we've talked about this. Do you want me to hold a baby while you think about that? What's come up for me? I think even as I assessed, probably a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have wanted to talk about this on the podcast. Really. Well, just because I I recognize, again, separating self-worth from a number on a scale is kind of a big thing. And I don't know if it's a bigger thing for women than for men or not. Uh, but for women, I think that number often says more than it should. Does that make sense? So on one level, it's like, oh, it's nice that I'm okay to talk about this now. And it's not I'm not the lightest I've ever been. I'm not even the lightest I've been in the last couple of years. But I still feel fine about me, which for me, that's great. Yeah. You know, like it's like, oh, okay, this is really good. And then it leaves me with, oh, yeah, I'd like to get healthy for different reasons than punishing myself. Wow. What a great phrase. Yeah. Or for different reasons than shame speaking, but to get healthy because actually I do like how I feel then and... I want to be able to run around with my kids without being like, can we sit now for a little while? I also recognize like our kids, they're not in a million sports like many other kids are, whatever. Like they, you know, and they're seeing from us the example of a sedentary lifestyle, which isn't going to serve them well either. I'd love them to have a, they don't have to play competitive sports, but I'd love to, you know, just be a good example. Well, wait till they see me ice climbing, rowing. Right. Yeah. Boxing, kickboxing. Yeah. Good, good. Run a marathon. But not even, not even joking. I and I didn't tell you this, but last week when the pool opened, yeah, uh, I took a picture of the hours because there's adult lane swim, and I thought we have an Olympic sized pool. Yes, I mean it'll be cold. I wouldn't be able to swim one length without dying. Is do, do you think they'll let me swing swim breaths while everybody else is swimming lengths? <laughs> no. Coming through. But I excuse me. I coming can through. Help you. Coming through. I I'm so sorry. Coming through. Work on your stroke so that you could do it. Um, I, well, I, I think some of that is, is, uh, maybe 
Oh, you're back to British people can't swim. Well, oh, you're going to draw the ire of the <laughs> so, British some Isles. Some of them really can't. <laughs> um, oh. Just, oh that's, you, that's on behalf of Britain. Oh, I'm sorry, Britain. Oh, little monkey. Your mother's oh. a filthy racist. But anyway, I'm not saying you need to come with me. But I did realize, like, I was like, oh, I was thinking just a few minutes ago, I loved when we were at Lifetime and I would swim. And that water was warmer. But I thought, oh, I do have an option to swim. And for me, I realized that's both a de-stressor and it would be exercise. So as you were sort of talking about that, I thought I could I could start making that choice. Like you feed her at seven. I could go to the pool at seven and swim. So anyway, that's what I, w- I was thinking a whole bunch of different things. But as we go through it, I'm now I'm looking at this cute little package and realizing we probably need to wrap it up. Why don't you take her? I'll wrap everything up. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening to a therapy session that I got for free from my wife. We're going to forgo a listener's question this week. Sorry about that. Just but a baby woke up and we want to prioritize babies. Thank you for being with us. If you want the show notes for this week's episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 301. I was going to say 131, 301. Just so you know, I mention this periodically. You can always get the show notes for every episode just by going to alanandaj.com slash the number of the episode. It's also an easy way to remember how to get to any episode that you would like to do. If you're a man living in the Franklin, Nashville area and you would like to be part of a process group, go to coaching.alanandaj.com to learn all about that. I'm looking for a few more men to fill out some spaces for a Monday night group. And if you'd like to become a member of the show, if you would like to get access to our video archives of all the episodes, if you'd like to watch this episode in stunning 4K, if you'd like discounts on our products, if you'd like priority Q&A, go to alanandaj.com slash join. And on that topic, a huge thank you to the members of this show who've made this episode possible. Thank you, too, to our listeners for tuning in. And we hope you have a glorious, healthy week. And we look forward to being back with you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, oh yeah, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God, and everything under the sun, if you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.